0: 710 ESPN presents The Experience, Experience. with Lafern Cusack, where we go beyond the play and focus on athletes, fans, events, and the biggest issues that inspire and shape our lives. Here's the host of The Experience, Lafern Cusack.
1: Dr. David Huell is named by USA Today as the most successful high school coach in America. Huell's teams won 68 state championships and seven national titles in his 29 years of coaching at the high school level, a national record that still stands today. One year, Huell won BYU's Del Rex Memorial Award, which is given to the person contributing The most to amateur athletes in Utah. He's a member of the National High School Coaches Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to him all about trading cards, all about investing in cards, his book, Sports Training Tips for Young Athletes, Coaching, and so much more. I'm Lafern Cusack. This is 710 ESPN
0: experience never stops. never stops on your station 710 ESPN here's Laferne Cusack thank
1: you for joining me I'm Laferne Cusack so happy to be here with one of the winningest high school coach in America Dr. Dave Huell welcome to the show Dave
0: well, thank you. It's great to be, be on the show with you.
1: I am honored to have you on. You have a rich history in sports, in helping young athletes, and trading cards, and you have your own business yes. and all of that. So tell me, um, how did you get into sports? What was the core values that you had that you were like, I'm going to be in sports and help others succeed?
0: Well, I, I grew up on an Army base. Uh, my dad was a chemist out there and they just had, uh, certain rules, you know, um, your yard being in place, garbage cans in and out on time. You went to school, uh, you didn't slough, you didn't leave campus. Uh, they had MPs going around and you just, you had to be in bed. Um, you couldn't be outside, um, after 11, if you were a teenager, younger than that, you had to be in by 10 and then you had to get up and. I think that that helped me. I wanted to coach and I love the discipline that it brought um, with that, you know, making sure your grades were up, making sure that you were in bed, making sure that, you know, you sacrificed not only, you know, for yourself, but for the team, because these are the things you agree to, you know, not to drink, not to smoke, you know, n- do not do drugs. And so I loved that. And I said, I'm going to be a coach. And so, I went to college and, uh, went to, you know, I ended up playing some sports in college, but I, uh, I never took an extra class. I just wanted to coach. And so I coached and I was a head football coach at 23 years old.
2: Wow. And I,
0: I, um, then I became, you know, a a basketball coach and, and because of that discipline, it helped me not only, I mean, I became the winningest coach in American history, uh, by winning 68 state titles and eight national championships, So, and I was inducted in the National Coaches Hall of Fame um, with a hero of mine, Steve Prefontaine, Mm. and um, Kevin McHale from the Celtics. So, it was quite an honor.
1: Congratulations. What did that feel like?
0: Well, um, at first, you just, you're kind of numb to the whole situation, you know. (laughs) Um,
1: It doesn't sink right in right away, right?
0: Yeah. And, And my dad would... You know, because we'd win state or whatever, and you'd get rings. And my brothers um, we were actually the winningest uh, uh, family in, in American history because <laughs> oh I have brothers God. that are coached in one state. In fact, I had to play my brothers almost every year. I played my brother Scott, my my baby brother, four times in front of 3,000 people for the state championship, you know. Oh my and my God. mom and dad would try to sit in the middle, you know, and it was, it was absolutely insane. But my dad, every time – we would win or something or when I went to the Hall of Fame my dad said, Well Dave, that in you know, a dollar fifty you can still get a Coke. So don't get too big of a head. Mm,
1: wow. That is yeah. awesome, right? <laughs> like but what a family. Like I mean, my family like my brother was like the best running back in Colorado Springs and we'd all go to the game every Friday and um, oh yeah that's awesome yeah (laughs) and then he went off to college it was like that that was our life you know it sounded like that's that was your life like sports was your family's life
0: absolutely I can't in fact we have 11 brothers and sisters and my mom had at one point in my, my brother's senior year we had every single child in school, can you can you imagine that? So they were just, and all my sisters went into medicine, um, so they were the intelligent ones, and then we went into coaching because we just love sports.
1: Yeah, and and that's the love for sports. Like, I love this show. I love mixing sports and community topics to, you know, open the minds of people. And I think that sports does that. It, it helps people understand things in ways that they would never be open to.
0: You're absolutely right. Absolutely.
1: Playing against your brothers. What was that feeling like?
0: Oh, it was, it was a nightmare um, because we, one of my brothers we were in the same dang conference or region. So we had to play <laughs> each other twice during the season and like one year, we were ranked like number one in the nation and number one in the state. He was ranked number two in the uh, in the state. And every time, you know, the papers they're going to make a big deal of the two brothers. Like, yes, we're close. be like, we're, <laughs> we're a week away from the who matchup, and blah blah blah. And then um, it really it really concerned me because they made it way I thought too big. Because I mean, we would talk, we're close family. And, anyways, I end up winning, and the headlines are Big Brother Spanks Little Brother. Oh, I got oh no. Oh, so mad. <laughs> Gosh. Aww. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> the next time we had to play in the region, it was a big game. We were both undefeated. We, we were ranked number one in the state, and he, again, was number two. And I said, Scotty, don't be mad, but I'm not going to the game. I'm going scouting for the next team we're going to play. Wow. He said, Okay, Dave, that's okay. I said, But. Don't let people think that I'm not honoring you because I am. Aww. What I want us to say is our family and our love is bigger than the game. Oh, so yeah. So n- newspapers, write what you want, but um, I'm going scouting for another. And that's the way it went. And they asked my brother, why were you upset? Did you get mad? He said, no. He's he's telling you guys that our family is more important than the game of basketball.
1: Yeah, that's
0: awesome. So, but. You know, you're happy when you win, like we'd win state and cut the net. And my brother's over there getting second, you know, and we hug each other before every game. And I said, Scotty, um, just good luck. And he'd say, good luck, Davey. And we, you know, it was hard. And the newspapers and cameras would be on us. And, you know, we'd make a joke to each other. And then he was funny. Every time I stood up and argued about anything, he'd be yelling, sit him down, tee him, tee him. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and I'd say he's just mad because you know I I had to be the one to to change his diapers when he was little, <laughs> and then he'd yell, "That never happened." So yeah, we went, the crowd had fun times with us.
1: Oh, that's great that you guys took it like that because yeah the 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 way that people pit you against each other when there is no actual actual type of you know yeah. friction whatsoever. Yeah,
0: abs- Absolutely. My, my, one of my favorite years was my brother, uh, Eric, was the head coach at Judge Memorial, a Catholic school. I was the head coach at, um, at uh, Mountain View, and I had a brother that was a coach at Orem. And we, all, and we were in different classifications at that time. We were 5A, 4A, and then 3A. And we all won on the same day. And so we all did a uh, victory lap with the trophy like you're supposed to all together with our teams. And that was really a fun year.
1: Oh, that is really cool. So winning 68 state championships and seven national titles. Because I talked to this one young lady whose father was an NFL coach. And she was saying that if he lost, it was a bad day for everyone in the family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just so much is riding on it what when you went through that did you ever lose like how did it affect you if a loss came about
0: well you know at first you you're just trying to win and then all of a sudden we we just got cross-country we ended up you know I left football because I actually ran football and played uh football in college which is insane I don't think that's ever been done (laughs) and so I had a love for both so I was offensive coordinator turned down the head football and just stayed in uh football but I asked to be the head cross-country coach and so we get in and I just wanted to make it fun I ended up getting like 180 kids out and we actually went 23 years in a row winning either the boys or girls in state so we didn't and then the girls or our basketball team, we went six years without losing a game. Wow. When we finally lost, I was relieved.
2: Oh, I liked
0: that. Oh, oh, god, good. They'll stop asking us, how long is the streak going to go? Blah, blah, blah. And my kids would get so nervous. Even the, the cross country boys, we'd be ranked number one in the nation. Mm-hmm. And I try to play it down, you know, and, um, because that you can, those poor kids, you know, they're 16, 17 years old and the pressure's on them. Mm. And, you know, I try to make jokes. I, I try to get dumb golf jokes or sports jokes during the timeout, and then they all roll their eyes, and then they start laughing, and then they relax. I wasn't the kind of coach, you know, you got to show your, you know, it's man against man or woman against woman, and we got to show that, you know, I, I wasn't that way. I was just more, hey, we know we've done the work. We know, you know, if we have a bad run, we'll have a bad run, you know, and, you know. Um, so I was lucky enough, uh, we actually won state and track you know, like 13 years in a row and, um, but we had done the work, but yes, when you lose, you, it's not about, you you don't feel bad for yourself.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You feel bad for the kids because you've been coaching for 30, 40 years. They're having their first two or three years
2: Yes, and you,
0: you want them to be happy. Um, so it ends up being, you know, you feel bad, you know, for the kids when we would lose, I would, I would just, um, be in the locker room and say, Hey, that's awesome because, you know, sometimes if you're perfect, uh, it, it's crazy. And so it's good to lose once in a while just yeah. so we remember what it's like to win.
2: Oh, now, yeah.
0: how, do you, how do you feel about this, Coach? It's horrible. And I said, okay, so in practice, remember this feeling and then know to just give your all and do all the things, get to bed, you know, make your bed in the morning. That was a goal of our team. Everybody would make their bed the first thing because if you ever heard that Admiral talk about, you know, making your bed. You know, we use that. We tell your parents you love them, mm-hmm. thank thank them for their your opportunity to be here, and remember, you know, everybody's going to be happy in the morning. Yeah, it, this will pass.
1: But isn't it true? I love I love that approach because you know how they talk about all the kids now are getting participation trophies, and oh. they're making you know kids like oh okay, you're not a loser. You you didn't lose that game. You know, here's your participation trophy. But it's like you, you, without the loss, you, you can't really appreciate the wins.
0: You're exactly right. And, and I, I agree with you, you know, um, life is about ups and downs. You're not going to, you know, um, get everything you want in life. Uh, You, you, you grow up and, you know, you have didn't do your chores so you didn't get to go to the movies you didn't do this and mm-hmm. you know or, you know and if we're telling you know okay we'll go play the game we're not even going to keep score and at the end everybody gets a medal right. you don't learn anything from that no not you know, nothing so we don't have to go to school because we're all going to get jobs we don't have to do this because we're all going to get paid right you know we're not teaching them you know good heavens you and i know what it's hard we, we went to school we had to pay the price oh, you know my you goodness You know, and so I don't agree with the participation approach at all. I don't think it teaches our young kids Mm -hmm. um, the value of doing the best you can. And when you're not successful, you just strap it back on and just do it better the next time. And and then when you do win or succeed, and it doesn't all have to be in sports, it could be in art, you know, it could be, you know, just getting uh, on the honor roll. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you don't give everybody A's just because they went to school. Right. You know, you had to earn those. Right. So, yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. You're the winningest high school coach in America. Right. So I was yeah. on the losingest <laughs> as I <say> that volleyball <laughs> team for high school. <laughs> and those uh, yeah. losses were just like, oh, my gosh, we got pounded. So hard. but we worked very hard we trained very hard we don't we didn't want to lose but
0: absolutely we lost. absolutely and look at you now yes you're successful <laughs> yes. you know what it's like to lose you know you know you had to just come back the next day work just as hard exactly you know and hope that the outcome was better but yeah look at you and you can learn I always teach kids like like in basketball you, there there's two things in basketball winning and learning volleyball there's two things winning and learning mm-hmm. you learn from the losses and it's more than just winning or losing it's about life yeah you know that you know you're going to wake up in the morning your mom's going to love you you're going to eat you're going to go to school your friends and then you go back to practice
1: right exactly and i
0: i think there's more courage and more i love teams that you know if i'm playing them and they're in a losing streak or you know they're i always tell a coach you know you guys are great. When we shake hands, I'd say, hey, good job just battling. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that it's hard. And i tell the coaches, good job keeping your kids together. This is it's an honor to play you.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, very much so. And then with sports, I think, like, what I've learned being in sports and being around sports is the transferable skills in the workplace today? And I can t- I can tell when someone has played a sport, a team sport, in the workplace. Yep. it's a whole different way of dealing with things and accomplishing things and tackling, tackling you know the job. The- you
0: know you're absolutely right. My dad used to say, "You were first of all you you all going to do sports." so you have something to do and you don't get yourself in trouble. Plus, you know, and my dad was, you know, a brilliant science, probably, uh, they thought he was like a genius, Mm. but he'd say, I don't want you guys growing up. And you are just, for a better word, he would said, nerds, and you you, you can't carry your own briefcases because you're out of shape and you have to take a breath. Every time you take a step, he said, you're going to you're going to do your sit-ups, push-ups. You're going to play sports because it's going to teach you about winning and losing, and it's going to teach you about commitment. Yes. Because in the end, you got to be committed to get up every morning and go to work, whether you like it or not. Exactly. Your family, you know. So yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: And and you're right. You can you can tell people that have had to sacrifice that had to play. You know, they're they're just different. You know, yeah. they're just they're just different.
1: Absolutely, I totally believe that. So, Dr. Huel, you wrote a book, Sports Training Tips for the Young Athletes, Less is More. Talk about that and some of the tips that you have for young athletes.
0: Well, that came about uh, a friend of mine, Adam Torkelson, um, uh, came to me one day and said, you ought to, you know, write a book. And I thought, well, the first one, the didn't really want to write a life story yet because I'm still alive, but I just uh, said, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, 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 had a problem with parents a little bit. Mm-hmm. I loved all my parents, but you know, you get some parents that think that their kids going to be the next Olympian yes. or the next NBA or WNBA player, you know, and or NFL. And I thought, so they they get them lifting and they get them doing all this stuff. And you, what I'm saying is, is gradually bring along. Conditioning don't just because you think you do more than everyone else doesn't mean it's healthy to your body. So my goal was is to tell the parents you know relax. Um, sometimes less is better. Sometimes just doing just enough to keep toned and stay in shape, especially at young ages. You know you don't want your eight year old and nine and ten year old out there lifting. You know right. and stunt your growth. So. My goal was to give them an idea of, you know what, it's okay to let them mature. It's okay, you know, maybe we just do sit-ups. Maybe we just do push-ups. We don't get in the weight room and try to bench, you know, 300 pounds. And if you don't, we're going to go eat steak and come back and we're going to do it again. <laughs> right. It, it doesn't work. Right. And then, and then you go to be two feet tall because, you know, um, you've just exhausted all your joints and your muscles. So the goal was that. It's just to give parents an idea of when to start and how to how to do it
1: that reminded me of the young boy who was the strongest boy in the world yes and he he's, yep i was less like the dad was taking us through his workout cycle and lifting weights and i was like oh my gosh this boy isn't gonna be growing he didn't he didn't yeah grow too tall. <laughs>
0: yeah and how fun is his life i know right? because now it's not just about him it's about his dad yeah you know um it, it's about well, we're going to be the strongest people in the world you know what right. really yeah, yeah i just kudos to them right that you know they could do that and achieve that um that's not what i wanted to be or i wanted my kids to be or what i taught you know um but kudos to them that they were able to um uh, and hopefully he has a long healthy life.
1: Yes, very much so. Doctor Heel, so like my son, he's in second grade, but he's as tall as like a fourth grader. He's and he's wow. I know. My dad was six four, my uncles are like six nine, like when he was um, when oh, I was good. when I was pregnant with him, the doctor was like, "Whoa, he's gonna be tall." And I was like, "How do you know?" And she's like, "His femur was very long," so he's actually, um, you know, he's very athletic. I don't want to push him into different, you know, sports. I want him to try it, try different sports. Right. Um, he loves absolutely. He loves Perfect. yeah. He loves soccer. He oh my gosh, he hits the baseball both left and right (laughs) hand.
0: Oh, wow.
1: I know. It's awesome.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And um, I want to have
0: him doing soccer and that's pretty dang good. Yeah. Especially young. I'm not a soccer coach, but I just noticed that, you know, they're running and they're, you know, they're using their feet. And Mm -hmm. I, I like that, you know, but sounds like your son could be a basketball player as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. He's liking video games now since we're under quarantine and we haven't been able to get out much. But (laughs) that's a different story. Yes. I
0: have to tease my uh, team, you know, like when when we're working out or having practice or in a game and they miss a free throw, I go, that's probably (laughs) if you would have taken 10 minutes less on your Fortnite game, you would have made that. (laughs) Right. So I'm always joking with him about video games.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny.
0: But he's, he's in the second grade, did you say?
1: Yes, he's in second grade.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, if you just dribble, dribbling is really good for hand eye coordination, but soccer, all that stuff, you're, you're perfect on getting them involved in many sports so that, you know, too often in, in, in today's world, it's getting to where you better, you got to pay club fees to yes. be in this, and you got to travel here, and, and oh, we can't, I can't play baseball because I'm doing year-round basketball, I can't play basketball because I got to do base, and I, I, you know, I was always the kind that I tried to make sure all my athletes, if they were a great basketball player, I'd say go out and help the, the, the track team, if they were, you know, a great cross country, I'd, they'd play basketball, I very rarely. I don't think I ever really coached an athlete that that's all they did was one sport.
1: Right, but that's. So I think
0: you're right. I think you're handling it perfectly.
1: Thank you. So there. So I had a doctor on talking about how if a child plays one sport, their muscles are goes to that one sport. But if you if they play several sports, that you know, but split it up. It's not all all the time. He, so he is
0: actually. He's absolutely right.
1: Yeah. Kids
0: will come off the football field or even run cross country. And then they start doing wind sprints and playing basketball and say, coach, how can I be tired? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I I run like five, six miles every day. I said, it's a different muscle. Right. So you, you have to, and then they'll leave basketball jumping and running and go out the track and say, why am I tired? (laughs) It's a different muscle. It's a
1: different muscle, you
0: know? And, and, and the very fact that you might be getting shin splints right now Mm -hmm. is because you went from the hardwood to the rubber track, yes. and it uses different muscles, exhausts them, and that's why you get shin splints. Shin splints is just a catch-all phrase, but it's it, that doctor, was right on.
1: That's exactly what happened to me. I went from volleyball to track, and I got shin splints, and then I, I just yeah. had to start running in the grass.
0: Yes, exactly. It, absolutely, because it's different. You know, we try to tell our kids to write the alphabet with their toes yes. all the way through <laughs> with both feet and pick up marbles and put them in a jar. You know, try to strengthen those muscles. But yeah, you going from the basketball, which everybody thinks, well, the courts, the court, it's not that hard. It's hard. It is, and then the track is soft.
1: Yes, yeah. So, what about coaching? So, you see a lot of uh, players try to become coaches, and then I, I know some people are like you could be, you could be a coach, you could be a player, but some some players can't be coaches.
0: You're right. Not, 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 um, I've had lucky enough to, I've coached basketball and track. I've, and basketball especially because we do have a travel team. I've faced, you know, college coaches and pro players. And you just learn one thing you can be a great player and not be a great coach. Mm -hmm. You, it, it, um, you got to first have a love for the game, which most coaches do, but then the, the love has to be stronger for the athlete and the team than it is for your own goal Mm -hmm. of winning a championship because the kids will read it you think you can hide that but you can't the kids know what's important right and and I think um if you take the approach of what's best for the team what's best for the individuals it matters and you keep an open communication with the kids then you can become I think a, a pretty good coach and, and it helped to come from 11 brothers and sisters yes. and learning to, you know, adapt. We had one bathroom and, and we had to learn to adapt when showers and when girls put on makeup. And so you have to learn about communication and adapting and being on a military base. You got to learn about those things. I think it helps. Now, some coaches come from either great players, they're all state, all American or pro, whatever, and they come in and they They think they're they're just going to be magically as good as they are, and there is no microwave. You can't just say, "Okay, I want them to put this in for 30 seconds. You're going to come out all American." It doesn't happen. I know. You know, so you got to back off and remember, it's not you playing; it's them. Yeah. And they they may not be what you hope. That's your job is to try to get them the best they can be.
1: Yes, my dad was all American. I love saying that. Yep. <laughs> I love saying well, that. Well, and the
0: thing is, is and your dad probably was a great dad, too. Yes, he was. It's more important to be a great dad, a great mother. Be a, and that's why I've given talks where, you know, Michael Jordan's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I've given talks about, you know, Barb and, and Peyton Mann, all those guys. But I said my heroes is my mom. Yep. Who raised eleven kids in a three-bedroom home in a one bathroom? Yes. My hero is—can you believe a lady could actually teach a, a, a girl that couldn't re- see, hear, or talk, and she became a great a poet? Aww. That's my hero. Yeah. Those, those, you know, those people. I I think you know you have a single mom who's has to have a job, mm-hmm. raise their kids. You know those are my heroes. Those, you know, Jordan can go out and shoot and he'll be great. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all, but to the real world, the heroes are, you know, those that have to really take on, I, I think mothers that have to take on the mother and the father yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Especially if their kids re- grow up to be, you know, solid human beings, because that's hard. It it's is. hard enough for me to be a dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just... You know, um, so it's, I agree. It's um, but, you know, it's your dad was probably the the kind that supported you. Yes. Um, I love those dads that support, but they don't really push. You got to be pushed sometimes. Yes. But, you know, it isn't all you know, it isn't everything's writing on whether or not you make all state or yeah. how many points you get, you know. So, yeah,
1: I, I do remember him coming to my games and like sometimes I didn't do well and I'd I'd feel sad that, you know, oh my gosh, my dad didn't see me do well on the court or um he was yes. you know, it's just it's just one of those things, but I, I remember those days I just for him to get off work to come see my basketball game or track meet, it was just
0: Absolutely. Know. I love that. Yeah. I love that because it shows you and I, I, I gotta tell you, I mean I've coached thousands and thousands of games, whether track or crossing, football, bad whatever. And But when my kids got in, and my son Davey um, and my daughter played for me, and so I was more nervous for them than I was the, dang, uh, the other part of the game. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I couldn't sit in the stands. I was nervous. <laughs> you, you know, because you want them to do well, and you know that they're going to take it hard if they don't do it well. Yeah. They're going to think... You know, you know, kids, sometimes you think, "Oh, dad's not proud of me," you know, mm. "Dad might not love me." You know, and, and and the thing is, it doesn't matter. We just want you to I learned. Yes. And I told my son, "You wait till your son plays." Yes. And your daughter, and you'll see and the other day he goes, "Holy crap, dad, <laughs> I'm more nervous than I for Davey than I am myself uh, ever." Yeah.
1: Um, you call him my my son. We call him Davy too. His name is David. So every time you see Davy, oh like, yeah, Davey, yay, Davy the Greats. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have, uh, My I'm Davy or David Hool, and my son's David Hool, and my grandson's David Hool. Aww. So at one point, I just called him Baby D, my grandson. <laughs> yes. And 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 he called me Ancient D, and then <laughs> just recently he's six two now, so now he calls me Little D. Oh wow! <laughs> so is he's your... in the ninth grade? And... Oh my goodness. Oh so, yeah, six two and in <laughs> the ninth crazy. grade. Crazy! Yeah, you know, and he just nicest, beautiful uh, grandson. I love him, and and you know he's balanced. But it's so fun because we had a picture taken of him and my son and myself, three generations, and I'm the shortest by far.
1: <laughs> really. Wow yeah
0: I'm five nine Davy's five six one and D six two and still growing.
1: Oh my goodness how great is that And I
0: married a lady that I knew since second grade Laura oh. and she um, she was an inch taller than me. Oh. I had to wear like when we danced she wore flats. Oh. when we got married she wore flats and I wore those uh, high heel <laughs> things.
1: That's funny. Well that would be a great yeah. a great photo to see the three Davies.
0: Oh it it, it was so fun because um it because I know what they're like and my one son grows a beard because he <laughs> lo- and he's a scientist, you know, and wow. very brilliant kid. And little D is starting to grow a little bit of a mustache so he shaved it because he didn't want to have hair and then I don't have a you know beard but my son is this huge, monstrous type of kid. Mm-hmm. My grandson's just—you know how there's—he's just thin as a, a rail, and then there's just squatty me.
1: Oh. So when when your grandson was growing up, was he like my son? Was he t- the tallest in his class?
0: Uh, yeah, mo- most of the time, yes. And so all I did—I didn't push him. I just like he asked me to coach his junior jazz teams or his little team. So I. I did that and his dad would help me. So it was fun because then his other grandpa that happens to be in our same neighborhood, I'd have him, he, 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 wasn't a coach, but I'd have him sit on the bench. So you had both grandpas, oh. the dad, um, coaching little D and, um, but he was always the tallest and, you know, I just had him dribble a lot. And, and then my dad, de- my son had him run cross country so he'd learn what it was like to really sacrifice and what it's like to hurt you know sometimes you don't understand uh what it's like to really you know extend yourself so it's been fun but yeah he was he was always the tallest
1: wow okay that's that's really awesome i i love that you guys are all there for each other it's it's definitely a legacy
0: yeah, it's it's when my brothers come to watch Little D, he gets really nervous <laughs> because you know the uncles are there and they're all coaches and 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 then and then he keep, they, he keep, he keeps asking me because they they're the head track coaches at universities. Grandpa, do you think if I throw the javelin far enough that Uncle Eric or Uncle Scott will give me a scholarship? <laughs> I said, absolutely. <laughs> that is. You hilarious. might be the first one to not throw very far and get a scholarship, anyways. <laughs> I don't know
1: that's hilarious oh my gosh that is great so how did you deal with parents you know parents who you know sit on the sidelines as well and is like my my son my daughter is the best why don't you have them in oh you know
0: my very first year when I switched over to girls because my daughter was coming star Mm -hmm. I, I was coaching and this guy which I won't tell you his name he was coaching these girls all the way up, and he, you know, he'd win junior jazz. And his daughter would look up in the stands, you know, mm-hmm. during timeouts. And if she missed a shot, I finally said, "Jennifer, I called timeout. If you look up in those stands one more time, <laughs> I'm benching you." To up my dad, I said, "Your dad is your dad. I am your coach." Mm-hmm. So she looked up in the stands later on in the game. Called timeout sat her for the rest of the game Uh-oh. after the game comes up. he says we got to talk I said okay hey, meet you back at the school so he's telling well I've coached them, and, and I've you know I know a lot about them." and I said and I think that's awesome but y- you got to pass them on when when these girls go on to play college I got to pass them on I can't go to the games and say hey do it the way I do it right you know it's so but he kind of argued with me anyways. so and he was a real estate agent mm-hmm. so the next day I uh, get somebody, some coaches to cover my class first period, and I go at uh, uh, 8.30 to his office, and it's supposed to open up at 8.30. Mm-hmm. And I go in the office, and I said, you know, is Mr. So-and-so here? And he said, no, he's not in yet. I said, what? <laughs> he's not here on time? <laughs> I, I got thousands of things I got to do. Right. I can't run a business like this. What the heck? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, what? And they're going, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, well, I'm a coach. And, you know, I just think things should be on time. And, you know, I know what it's like to have a bunch of people working for me or coaches. And uh, he, and then he walks in the door mm. and I just turned him and said, what are you doing coming late? You got people waiting. You got me waiting. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do that to my assistants. And, and I would work things differently. You should be on time and, you know, shining and and." you know, asking how he can, and he finally looked at me and said, point well taken. Mm. I will never have my daughter look up or talk again. And we had a great three years after that. Oh, wow! Sometimes you had to, you know, put it back in there, you know, I'm not a doctor or, you know, a surgeon or whatever. I'm not, you know, a dentist. I can't clean and fix teeth. I can't, you know, type, (laughs) you know, and so but don't tell me how to coach,
2: Yes, (laughs) you know, because
0: I've studied about this, you know, and there's more to it than I run as play and there's more to it. So anyways, yeah. But sometimes you still got to talk with a parent and say, I know you think, Mm -hmm. but remember we're in practice every day for two and a half hours. I film practices and then I break them down Mm -hmm. and I play what's best for the team. And sometimes it may not be the five best players. It might be the five best players together yes. that is the best. Right. You know, well, they used to be the leading scorer in the, in ninth grade. I go, that's awesome. That's awesome. But right now, it's all about the team. Uh-huh. And I don't care about points. Wow. I care that we're a team and everything comes blends, offense, defense. Exactly. Anyways, yeah. So it's, you know, and then you still have those psycho parents that think, well, you're Crazy because <laughs> my son can score eighty points a game if you let him. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, and then nobody the wants to play.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I had a, a gentleman in here with his son, where the other another parent on the team was upset that his son was getting more play time. And and it was like, oh, my goodness, how do you handle that? It's just like, well, look, you know, I I tried to talk to him. He wasn't hearing it. And then he ended up taking the other guy ended up taking a son out of that um, that league and putting him in another league so he can be the star. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it's it's more about me. My son shows what I I mean it becomes more about it's more important that my son score and be the star than it is about just going and playing and, and being part of a team and learning about being a teammate. Yes. Um and you try to tell parents. Most parents are really good um about learning that, but yep, you do have parents that count playing time. Yeah. And this kid played four minutes more than my son or my daughter, and I go, <laughs> Okay. Oh <my laughs> okay. Gosh.
1: To have that on your mind, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, you have
0: enough to worry about. Exactly. Then whether or not, I mean, I have coaches that will keep track of playing time, but like I told the dads or whoever, playing time is earned in practice. If mm-hmm. you think you can take practice off and just jog up and down, that's going to get you. It's not. No. Nope. If you want more playing time, you got to work hard and prove that you deserve it.
1: Absolutely. No. Dr. Hule, you have a fantastic, uh, sports site for, uh, sports cards and memorabilia and it's H o u l e s p o r t s H-O-U-L-E-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Now I, Correct. I, you're going to, you're going to actually teach me about this. So tell me about Huel Sports and some of the things that you provide.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's, Hoolsports.com. We um, actually, we uh, it's thirty dollars per card to be graded, authenticated, and uh, appraised. And um, you can mail the cards into Hoolsports.com, and um, we'll I'll evaluate them. And and it's like you look at a card, mm-hmm. and you go up and down. Is it you know? Is there as much space up as there is on the bottom? Then side to side. Is there as much? So you're trying to get a card that's um, centered. Then you look at the corners, the four corners and see if they dinged them. They wore them out. Mm. You know, they played with them because each thing is going to cost you points. And then you look at, is the color good? You flip it over on the other side. Sometimes kids like to glue them into their bo- uh, papers or they like to um, pin them up on the board, bulletin board and all that costs points. Mm-hmm. So, you have to look at the card and then you grade it. Okay, if there's one little thing wrong, it might be a nine. To be a perfect 10, it's got to be centered, um, colored properly. There's no scratches or, you know, any of those things. So you look at that. Um, and and I, I grew up learning because when I was six, I was collecting cards.
2: Oh, wow. And
0: I've been collecting them my whole life. And I have the sad stories oh. about you know, back in school, when you had your bike, and I'd have a uh, Mickey Mantle card, you know, or some of those great cards, yeah. and I'd pin them on my dang. Oh, oh no! So it'd go flip, 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 flip. Yeah, and <laughs> totally ruining the card, oh, you know, no. and and I don't know if people read, but in 1952, Jim Mint Perfect Ten, uh, uh, Mickey Mantle went for $5.3 million.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: yes. Um, there um, the Jordan perfect cards are, you know, you get a ten Jordan, you'll be in the two hundred thousand plus uh, for his card. You you know you have the complete set, and it's if they're all graded. Um, there's one going for about five hundred and eighty thousand. Oh so, it, to me, it's like I, I all my life I collected cards. You know, my family, my brothers, we, w- you know, we just did it, and so I have a room like a bedroom
2: mm-hmm.
0: from all the way around. Up to the ceiling and down is all cards. They're either baseball, basketball, football. I got hockey. I've got um, uh, Superman. I mean, everything, even the Barbie doll, the Barbie yeah. collection. I've got Marilyn Monroe. Um, oh, my
2: goodness.
0: Everything, everything has a card. I've got boxing. I've got, you know, the greatest boxers of all time. And so the key is, can you and and pokemon and and the thing is kids will play their pokemon and that's great that's what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. but they hammer the card Mm. and the the edges start to peel away and and all of that damages cards and if you if you invest in gold you want to double your money so you buy gold say it's at two thousand dollars and a five years later it went to four thousand for a minute and you you doubled your money well my wife uh clear back when uh 20 no 30 years ago when jordan was a rookie um for our anniversary bought me a uh, jordan uh 86 clear which is the hottest set to have (gasps) a basketball set of the greatest um rookies that had ever been produced and jordan was in there with Barkley and all those guys she paid five hundred dollars for it which was a lot of money back then so then i had to really tell her i loved her and gave her a big hug and (laughs) You know, and, and and but that set, that set now. If you just go try and buy that set, you'll pay twelve fifteen thousand, not graded. Wow. Now, if you get them graded, you know, and and appraised, you're up in the you could be up in the two three hundred thousand. So, yeah. card collecting produces a better percentage of than I, I'm telling it. This is just me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a better investment than anything. Really? Maybe except maybe Bitcoin. There yeah. are, I mean, there are certain things. But seriously, um, you get a Jordan rookie card. You, you, I, I know the story. They uh, they made that set and they couldn't sell them, what? so they destroyed some of them <gasps> oh, and no! they sold the whole box when they first came out for ten dollars only because Jordan was in there. Now. You have a Jordan card, like I said. You could pay anywhere from twelve, fifteen to hundred thousand dollars for that card. So, yeah. So my goal w- with my company is send your card in, and I can evaluate it and appraise it, you know, grade it, get it graded, and then you'll know what it's worth. Um, if it's a ten, you're gonna have, wow. It's that is worth worth a lot of money A nine still really good A seven. But then it goes down to five, three, two, you know, whatever. Um, If you played with your Jordan card, you might get a three, but you're still going to get a a decent price. Mm -hmm. But, but some cards, if they're down in the four and five, it's hard to even sell them. You you just need to, and it's hard to tell a kid who knows to (laughs) take care of their dang card. You know, Um, every kid wants to, every kid wants to put them on their spokes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I put thousands of dollars on my spokes. Wow. Um,
1: that's heartbreaking. So you
0: just try to learn. That's, that's part of my goal with, uh, the card is to teach kid. I, I tell every one of my kids now, everywhere I coach, wherever I do, you know, I give them a card to start Mm -hmm. and I said, and they'll go, coach, I'm going to, I'm going to frame this. I said, no, just put it away and add to it as, as you go. And remember. You know, down the when you're my age, these cards that you collect are going to be worth a lot of money, and I'll probably be dead. Hopefully in heaven, and you can look them say, "Hey, thanks, coach."
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What do you think about um, since you know Super Bowl weekend, uh, Patrick Mahomes cards and Tom Brady cards?
0: Absolutely, I got I got a ton of them. Um, some are graded ten. You know, I've got, I've been collecting, I have their rookie cards. Um, I even have them on my site. Uh, All the great quarterbacks, you know, Brady, you know, Breeze, all of those guys. Joe Montana, rookie card. You get a 10 and you're in the thousands of dollars. So it's like, yeah, and and I love it because I have a Super Bowl party Mm -hmm. and my brothers are coming and I have cards and uh, we're going to cheer. I'm cheering because I want Mahomes. Because I think if he upsets yeah. uh, Brady, then I think his car's going to even skyrocket. Yes, right. Brady. If he wins, his car's going to go up because he's just the man. Yeah. So, um, so it's going to be exciting because because then I pull out who the running backs are, who the receivers are, you know, and then we send, we get those graded, and you know, it's it's just fun because then you watch the NCAA tournament, you watch pro baseball, pro basketball. And you can just watch the rookie cards just skyrocket. So, mm-hmm. I try to stay on top of that. Get enough of those rookies, put them on my site for people to 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 buy, and then they can decide. And I'll have some of them graded and, and rated. And then they can decide: Do I want a ten? Do I want an eight? Do I want a nine? You know. And 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 the thing is, is sometimes those cards are really expensive. So I need to let you know that, uh, my site and, and And I have donated thousands and thousands of cards to charities Mm -hmm. so kids that can't always afford a card here and there can get maybe their favorite um, player um, in good condition. And so I enjoy uh, sending thousands of cards. You know, I'm making a box right now of about 5,000 cards to, you know, go to a charity so kids can go and get a card for a dime Mm -hmm. or for nothing. You know, they can just get them for free. Oh,
1: wow. How great is that?
0: I hope that someday, if they can afford it, they'll they'll do the same thing to you know get cards for their son or somebody that I just hope it just passes on. Yeah, but kids like cards, mm-hmm. whether they're Pokemon or whatever. And so if they get a handful of cards, they're they're tickled to death. They're sitting in a hospital bed, they can't do anything, and all of a sudden they get like ten cards. They're going whoa! And they'll they spend they'll they'll end up studying it so much they'll have them all memorized.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember my my. Uh, brothers they used to have cards i'm i'm thinking oh my god what happened to those cards (laughs) (laughs) so
0: so absolutely i don't i want to know too
1: (laughs) i know so what do you do like it like for me what would you tell me to do with um first buying a card what do what should i look out for um i know you said you know it's centered like how do i go about approaching buying cards
0: well yeah you can go on my site and if it's graded it'll tell you that a 9 10 whatever but then if you're just buying a card that's not um graded you look at it and you just try to get the best centered um card you you zoom in on it and see if the corners are intact Mm -hmm. and then you just try to get the best centered card and if you think you've got a good one you buy it and then you, if you get it graded um, first of all it automatically goes up if you buy a card that's just raw and you set, you have it graded it automatically goes up but mm-hmm. if it, if it hits a 10 you're going to ten times your money because that's how important grading is you know and, mm-hmm. and and then you can have it appraised all of that stuff so and and I would teach someone that's um, like yourself if you got a son and he wants to collect cards I would say, let's let's find rookies mm. let's find the you know the um, rookies right now in baseball football basketball whatever because in if one of them hits like a jordan did mm-hmm. you know it, certain players will automatically hit um they go way up especially if they're graded but then later in life 10 years 15 years they're going to the hall of fame mm. um or these you know you know, you saw where uh, Hank Aaron died, mm-hmm. and his cards went crazy. Oh yeah! You know he's mm-hmm. greatest home run hitter without without being on steroids in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, that's what I do is I and and then it's kind of cool because you can get sets, the complete set of say the 2001 basketball mm-hmm. for fairly cheap. You know because nobody uh, the rookies are in there but they haven't hit it yet. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can spend. You know, 16 to $30 for, you know, for a complete set, and you just put them away. Mm. Um, but you you want to get cards that your son can look at and show his friends, but you put them in sleeves, they're, and it doesn't cost very much. Mm-hmm. You get these little plastic sleeves, and you put every card in the plastic sleeve so when they touch it, they're not putting oil. They're not, you know, eating a cake and then putting chocolate on it, <laughs> you know. And everybody wants to, like, oh, look what I got, and then they put it in their room or they tape it to their by their yes. bed so they can look at it and then it comes off and that you know takes a little bit off the grading so that's what I do I would uh, and and it's fun trust me I got with my son and my daughter they loved going to the card shop oh. and my daughter is the is the cutest thing in the whole planet star and all she cared about was the puzzles you could get in baseball. And you get them yes. all and you could make a picture.
1: I remember you know, that. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so the guy that owned the card shop, see Star coming and he'd saved her, you know, a lot of the puzzles. And she thought she was, she'd sit down by the table and she'd start putting it together. She thought she was, you know, the coolest kid. And I just loved how he took care of her. Mm-hmm. And then um, my son would, you know, look for, back then it was ken griffey you know get that rookie card Mm -hmm. you can still get some of these rookie cards on our site for a really good price especially if you can get them non-graded and then have them graded Mm -hmm. uh, if you decide you want that but um but your son will say mom what 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 are we looking for this time Mm. like we honestly would buy the 1990 pro set football craziest story um you could sit down, open the pack, and you were looking either for Santa Claus, truly Santa Claus, or you're looking for that pro man, cartoon guy, mm-hmm. or you're looking for uh, Paying Stewart. And it was kind of a joke back then and stuff, but now they skyrocket. Mm. And and I have the I have those cards. Wow. And people, are, so it was fun. I'd sit down with my son, and we'd open pack after pack, and my daughter would open, and one, some, and my wife, and we'd somebody get the santa claus we'd go running around the house screaming we got a santa claus Santa Claus!" and we put it in a plastic so um and then they'd want to look at it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a fun hobby to sit down with your son Mm -hmm. or your family and say okay we just bought some packs and you can go back and get like those sets for like 16 dollars really those uh boxes and then open them up and you might get a santa claus and you get that graded, and who knows, you know.
1: Very interesting. Um,
0: and if it's a 10, you're going to get hundreds of dollars for it. <laughs> well, so, I, and it makes it fun.
1: Yeah. I see on your site you have uh, the Kobe's rookie card, which you say is the most iconic of Kobe's cards. And yeah, it, it will yes. sell around $5,000 at fair market value.
0: Yes. Yep. And that. here's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's there's even error cards. There's error cards just because they have the wrong birthday or thousands of dollars. Really? Because they forget really? on one card to put the line underneath their stats were thousands of dollars. So sometimes you're just looking for errors. Interesting. You know, um, there's a – everybody knows Nolan Ryan. Yeah. But there's an error card out there. Of It wasn't in his rookie. It was way down in his career. Um, but um, the back is not – supposed to be what it is it's an air it's mm-hmm. of his other card you can get thousands of dollars for that card so people buy cars to see if they can get those errors but the kobe skyrocketed when he died mm-hmm. you know they're they're getting harder and harder to get you know right now you know lebron james all you know all of those guys are are big time to get but boy i'll tell you jordan is the to own a jordan card no matter what year whatever is cool Oh, you know, and to have it graded, it's just cool to have a Jordan card. Yeah, to have a Kobe card is is just cool, you know, because they're now they're hard to get because everybody, you know, and and now they're printing like you can get a Jordan card, which I think we sold ours where he signed it, Mm -hmm. but they have a piece of the floor that he played on.
2: Oh, and
0: then they have. Yeah, they're they're Those are awesome. And then you can have cards where they sign it and they have a piece of their uh, of their uniform. On it, you know, and those are cool. So there's all types of, you know, you can look for who you think your hero is or who you like as a rookie. You know, mm-hmm. out here people, you know, like Kobe Bryant or um, Kobe Mitchell. You know, Donovan Mitchell's are are the the card to get here in Utah. Rudy Gobert in Utah, but everybody still tries to get, you know, the old time. You know, can you get a, yeah. a a Jordan card? Can you get, can you get um, Kareem? Oh, Those yeah. cards are thousands of dollars, but um, yeah, you just pick out, you say, son, who's your favorite player? And then you start collecting him mm-hmm. and, and they just love it because it's a good family um, project and it brings the family together for a minute. And it's kind of fun.
1: And, uh, I'm looking up Willie Mays. I see that he has an average selling price for ninety-three thousand. Says mint nine.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Now, if you get you get those any of those cars back in those days, mm-hmm. that I mean, you, you I don't know if you ever heard of um, Honus Wagner. Mm-hmm. Not there's not one on my site because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's only like three in existence. And uh, the story was is a kid digging up in his backyard in an old neighborhood found a can a, a tobacco can he opens it and there's a Babe Ruth there's a Yogi Berra wow. and there is a Honus Wagner all different eras mm-hmm. and he goes to his dad and he says dad what are these and he said well they look like they're old cards let's go to a card shop and ask them oh my
1: goodness so they, they
0: didn't know anything about it so they go to a card shop and it says um I'll give you like $400 no!
1: for
0: he said really so said, well, we're, we're, we're going to go try the other card shops too. We're going to get, he said, okay, I'll give you $500,000. <laughs> right then he changed his mind. He said, well, we're still going to go. So in the end, the, the, uh, Honus Wagner, he, he got a million and a half. Wow. He got 500,000 for, uh, Babe Ruth. And, um, the Yogi Bear was like 4,000. Well, um Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player, yep. was on, you know, like David Letterman or whatever. This is years ago. And he had just purchased that card oh that was sold for $3.3 million.
1: Oh, my goodness. So
0: that Honus Wagner's are there's only three of them. But if you have them, and right now they could be almost in any condition. So, yeah, you those old cards, if you got a 52 baseball set, you're in the millions of dollars. Wow. So it's like yeah so so people are going back to say, mom what'd you do with my son oh well you went to college i just threw them out oh, <laughs> no. all the time you know yeah um I, I had a coach say i was looking at your site i know i had those cards and i called my mom and she said she threw them out oh. <laughs> I, go, I hear that all of the time you know so yeah it's uh but but if but if you collect cards If you get sets from way back Mm -hmm. and you can still get them for decent prices, when your son's my age, Mm -hmm. they're going to be the same kind of thing. They're going to be worth thousands of dollars.
2: Wow. You know, if
0: you just hold on to them. And so my brothers all got cards stuffed in their closet, Mm -hmm. unopened um, uh, sets. You know, all the football one year, all the basketball one year, all the baseball one year. And, you know, they've bought like 10 years in a row and they're just holding on to them. You no, know, but it's, yeah. Wow. Those, some of those cards, I would love to. Now, they've made reprints mm-hmm. of all these cards, so I got a reprint of of the Honus Wagner, all of those. Those are even going up. Do, uh, a Michael Jordan mm-hmm. reprint the other day sold for like $288 for a reprint.
1: Really? How do you know if it's a reprint? Yeah, it, Does, it has to um, say
0: it? Well, not usually. Sometimes they... Because his was the most forged card of all time, mm. um, that rookie card. But we studied it, and there's certain ways you can look at it. That's part of why we grade and and um, do what we appraise it. Because you can look at the colors of the back. Um, if the colors like bright red, you know that it's a reprint. Oh, um, they're starting to put on there on the site reprint, mm-hmm. so you know that it's a reprint. Oh. You know, but some people get faked out. But yeah when if you're going to buy an expensive card, you need to first ask, "Is it an original?" And they have to tell you it is, or because eBay and all those sites will they're guarantee you'll get your money back if that if they're trying to rip you off. Mm-hmm. so um the first thing you ask if it's an old card, is it a reprint or is it original? then you get you know that it's original, then you have to decide. Um, if it's not graded, is it good enough? Um, is this what I want? How much do you want for it? You know, and then when you get it graded, it's going to at least double. Mm. You know? But if you get it 9 or 10, you're, you're making money. But good luck trying to get a, uh, a nice uh, Jordan card right now, even <laughs> on grade. It's, oh, they, they have them on auction. They have them. A guy said, I'll sell you mine. It's not graded, but it's $5,000. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> no, Right. You have to be careful. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so I know you do cards. Like, I got a, a baseball. Do you do, like, baseballs or magazines? I think we have- right
0: now, we don't. Oh. I Even though I have uh, signed baseballs, mm-hmm. I even have one from uh, Babe Ruth. I have them from a lot of the great pitchers. But we have not, or I have not put those on site mm-hmm. yet. Because I just like to concentrate, but there are sites you can go to that do, I mean, right now there's a site that does um, those comic books and Mm -hmm. they sell for a lot. There are sites that sell um, Beanie Babies.
2: Yes. um,
0: Those are, you know, those sites are more collectibles of all types of things, whether it's the Barbie dolls, you know, there's always a site that you can get, you know, if you want a baseball you know, you can get, you usually can get a good deal if you go into a card shop and buy a baseball, you know, mm-hmm. you you might pay $20, you know, for it um, because that's what it costs. Say ball, ball costs $10 to make mm-hmm. some guy signs it. And so if you want a real ball, I mean, I, I've got two that were in the world series mm-hmm. and I hold it and go, wow, at one moment, I just wish I could go back in time mm-hmm. and just you know, see who's at the game and yeah, but yeah. they're fun to collect. Yes. I mean, you wouldn't believe what people pay for, like a Jordan signed shoe <laughs> or, you know, a Kobe, or, a, you know, there, there are shoes out there that are 23s that you could, you could wear your shoe and wear them, right. you know, and like a Shaq shoe, right. you know, it's longer than my body just about. Right. And he signs it and, you know, if you can get both of them, it costs you about fifteen thousand to get both of them, so they sell them one at a time. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. but yeah. Yeah. so so the baseball I have is uh, Jose Canseco's base. Uh, oh, that's baseball. a great one. Oh, good, yay! <laughs> but um, I yeah, hear that's a that's
0: a great one.
1: His baseball cards go go well, yes.
0: They're 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 up and down, um, you know, and and all because he kind of blew the whistle. Mm-hmm. on steroids mm-hmm. and and so he made some enemies um you know and that's how we found out you know about mcguire his mm-hmm. his card should skyrocket but everybody knows he was juiced
2: yes and
0: so and he breaks hank aaron's record and hank aaron was clean mm-hmm. so sometimes canseco before he came out were they were skyrocket mm-hmm. now they it just depends and again if you get it graded, then it automatically will go way up. You know, okay. um, I don't know what condition you, yours in is in, it's... but I mean, you could take a picture of it and send it to me, and I could tell you. Oh, okay. But well, he used to be the. In fact, you know, I got sets and stuff. All of us collected. You know, my daughter loved Jose Canseco, so we collected him a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, it's it's in. The...
0: Was he? Did you get the rookie?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Um, I got it off of, I went to a, a foundation and they were, they were having a party to fundraise for their foundation. And one uh-huh. of the, one of it was they had all this sports memorabilia. And before I got there, I kept hearing in my ear, Jose Canseco, Jose. Can-. I'm like, why am I saying his name? <laughs> and then I get to the party and there's this ball and I was like, okay, I guess I got to buy it. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you what you want to try to do is get the rookie card
2: mm-hmm.
0: and have it with oh. it, and you and you can you know you can buy a case that puts the card in and the ball in.
1: Yeah, I have the and the, the it, ball in the case right now.
0: Oh good, good. Yeah. And then you get the card with it and that's kind of Kind of cool.
1: Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. This is so exciting. You're sure welcome. I I can't wait to um, share this with my son. And I know he's going to want LeBron James. (laughs) That's all he talks about. LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been truly enlightening. What is it like behind the scenes selling cards and buying cards?
0: Well, um, again, when you're trying to buy when you're trying to get the best deal you can Mm -hmm. um sometimes you're buying it for just your 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 own collection and sometimes you're buying it to sell you know to get graded and appraised and that's hard because if you're at a card show there's thousands of people and then everybody's trying to buy a card and everybody's trying to get whatever you got to go in uh, like i go in and i just say okay this is what i'm after but people will people will say you have this card you have that card you can i get this card what can i get this card for i mean it gets it can get really hectic mm. um and especially if you only got a couple and then you got 10 people that want it yes. you know um you got to go well i don't know what to do right now um yeah. let me go home and think yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> you know it gets that's why it's easier to have for me it's to have the site uh-huh. so people can go on there and they can look who they want and see if from a rookie all all the way down to, you know, like a LeBron James rookie all the way down to this year's card, say. Okay. And they decide how much they want to spend. You know, do they want a graded one or an ungraded one? Um, it's a lot easier. Then you're not dealing with, you know, well, I, I'll i pay you this. And another guy says, I'll pay you this. And, and pretty soon people are fighting. Mm-hmm. You have this site. That takes you away from that.
1: Okay.
0: And I and I kinda like that.
1: Yeah, me too. And again, that's Huelsports.com. H O U L E S P O R T S. Huelsports.com. Yeah. This has been so much fun. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to speak with the Hall of Fame coach. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And you can call me anytime. And your son can call me and I can tell him about cards or you oh. know. He wants a really one, really bad. I can send him one.
1: Oh, you're very sweet. I thank you so much. And good luck to you and your family. And have fun trading.
0: Well, thank you. And good luck and have a good day.
1: Dr. David Huell, again, Hall of Fame coach. Go to Hulesports.com for all your trading card needs and getting your cards appraised. I'm LaFern Cusack. This, This is 710 ESPN.
0: You've been listening to The Experience with Laferne, Laferne Cusack, Cusack, getting the residents of Los Angeles, Orange County, and all of Southern California closer to their community. It's The Experience with Laferne Cusack on 710 ESPN.